Welcome to the Rudo Love Podcast, interviews and anecdotes tailored for the inquisitive souls of today. For this week's OO interview, where I ask juicy questions to people that move me, I've got Keith Delmar on the horn and his dulcet tones to talk about goal setting and motivation. And let me tell you, I'm so grateful for this gentleman because he was my very first OO interviewee. And here we have you back in, we're always evolving. We're always becoming new chrysalis and new butterfly versions of ourselves. And this evolution of ours is just a sight to behold. So I cannot wait to connect the dots and the butterfly hummingbird path that you have been forming in this world. Welcome, Keith. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Ah, uh, just a little bit of chit chat on the lunch break. Thanks. For yeah, just time. a little bit of lunch break. Lunch mm. break unfurling. What a wholesome way to spend the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for returning. You um, have some wonderful kopapa to share with us today around a creation of yours, a system called Koru Goals. Um, but there's more to it than that, much more. So I'll let you take it over because I want to hear about the origin story of goal setting for you, but then I want to hear what else is up your sleeve, please. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's so good to share and um, it's really good to be here and share. I've been holding on to this for a while now. Um, I started researching goal setting in 2019 and I did it for myself because I felt like I had so many things on my plate, so many ideas, so many things I wanted to do that I needed to prove to myself that I could accomplish at least one of them a year. Wow. And so I started to just learn traditional kind of goal setting techniques, breaking goals down and, and it's, you know, going after them. And I had some support from a coach and that was awesome. And really got me out of my chair in terms of actually achieving some goals. I mentioned them some the last time we talked, uh, making 52 videos in a year, consistency goals, things like this. And then I did the um, Pass the Hug project, which was a different type of goal for me. So I challenged myself. And it's funny with Pass the Hug project, it was a a goal that didn't have small increments. It was one big thing that took a long time to do. Of course, I broke it down into little sections while I tried to achieve it. But in the end, it had to be done over a course of a long period of time, which was incredibly hard for me. And towards the end of wrapping up that goal, I looked back at the goal setting sheet that I'd created for it. And it said, this will be extremely hard. <laughs> and I was Whoa. telling myself, you know, that this is, this is why you're doing this goals. It's extremely challenging because even during, during the process of getting it out there and creating it, it was, it was so hard and I didn't look back enough to why I was doing this. Now, mm. during the process of achieving the past the hug project and getting that out there and, and having it go in a different direction than I thought it would, mm -hmm. I started reaching back to why I questioning why I was doing what I was doing. And if you look back in my notes from a couple of years ago, you would see that Pass the Hug Project was a sub-goal of the ultimate goal. Mm. And the ultimate goal for me was to become a public speaker and to get in front of people and share, inspire, motivate. This is what I've been waiting for my entire life. <laughs> and when I started digging into goal setting, I started to look at, okay, if that's that, if that's where I'm going, what can I do to get there? Right. And I'm very passionate about a lot of things. And I happen to have on one COVID day, tucked away in my cabin, this idea of past the hug pendant. And mm. I thought it was great. And I thought it shares love with the world. It's just what I need. And I'm glad I did it. But it was not my ultimate goal. It was mm -hmm. a subset. It was a goal that I could be passionate about. I could spend a lot of time and make it happen. But the reason I was doing it, I, I said to myself, I'll do this. And if it success, it's if it if it wins, great. If it fails, great. I'll talk about either one of them. Mm -hmm. And so that was my intention where I thought, okay, I'll do this. 
But in fact, it's actually, it was a huge project, took a lot of time and energy to make it happen. And I could have just actually started talking. I didn't need one more project, one more business. And then that made me dig a little bit deeper into why I did it. And it was because of a little subconscious thought that I've been carrying with me my entire life, which is, in order to be successful, you need to sell something. You need to create and sell something. And so being as creative and handy as I am, I can make things, I can create things in my mind, I can fabricate them. And so having that skill set has just made me always want to do that because I wanted to be something, somebody that could get up on stage and say, yep, I did all this stuff. I built these things. And now I can talk and actually do the thing I want to do, which is get in front of you, connect with you, get you to feel the sparks of life and do what you're here to do. Like, Uh, that's why I'm here. uh, And guess what? It's 2022 and I'm doing it. I'm over, I'm, I'm over it. Um, I'm, I'm not doing, you know, I say never say never, but I have parked all little projects and believe me, I've got three or four still in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And what I'm moving to is the ideas, the concepts, the things that inspire me and motivate me that I want to share with others, such as Koro goals. And what is that? And so Koro goals, it's, it's an unfurling towards our goal. It's oh, a, it's, yeah. For any yeah. non-New Zealander, oh, yes. what is a koru? Oh, yes. So it's a, you can think of it as a spiral um, or a beautiful fern growing up in unfurling, you know. Mm. And so check it out, Google it, and you'll, you'll get to see where I'm going. It's not a straight line. No. And so, many, um, so much goal setting that I saw early on was about going from A to B. Yes. And that if you don't do all the tick lists, if you don't or do like everything right. staircases, right? right? Like you're yep. climbing a little right angle. Yeah, mm-hmm. going up. Or um, you, if you don't end up at B, you end up at C somewhere completely different. And it's all these straight lines or, you know, a staircase going up. Whereas when we grow, so many things happen. Mm. And I tried lots of different things when I was thinking about goal setting, I said, how can I make this more me? And I started with, you know, a circle. And I thought, oh, okay, let's just start with some shapes here. And then I realized the circle wasn't working for me. And then I, and then I realized that if I were to unfurl something, reach towards it, and a whole lot of other things are changing as I'm going towards that goal. And then when I reach it, I'm actually a completely different person. And that goal is not at the center of me. It isn't me, but it's a part of me mm. and it's growing as well. Oh, I love that. And so when thinking of something growing or unfurling towards the sun, I thought, oh, wow, the sun, cool. We got this. So I started drawing this down. I started creating what I call the grounding sheet. And the grounding Ooh, sheet great is, terminology. yeah, we love, we love something to fill out and play with and capture. So the grounding sheets I've been doing for a year now on my own, I usually use a little A5 notebook. And mm-hmm. in the upper right-hand corner, I put a little sun shape. And mm-hmm. and then I'll just go through the whole thing real quick. And, and then I put some clouds in the sky. And those clouds I use to capture the ideas of my day. What's going mm-hmm. on in my brain? I capture them in clouds because that's all they are, clouds. Mm-hmm. A little bit of precipitation. And, but then the good stuff, the raindrops. The raindrops are the things I did that day that are going in the right direction towards my goal, positive things. They don't have to be exactly, you know, for the goal that I've set. We need to, in goal setting, the most important thing is that we don't get hooked up on goals. We, we need to think about all the space, the empty space around the goal for magic to happen. Because goals themselves, just one little thing we're trying to aim, it's just to help give us some direction. That's all. It's not as important as we, you know, I probably make it out to be. Okay. Um, we got to think of all that beautiful space around goals, which is where magic the happens. The environment. The environment. Yes. Mm. And so I like anything got- that has plant imagery involved. I'm, my my brain that loves symbolism is just lit up right now. Very active brain here happening. So imagine these raindrops, right? And as I go down the paper on the left-hand side now, coming from the clouds, these raindrops of things that I've done that day that were really positive. And then I get to the ground level. And there just happens to be a compost bin right there, Ah. (laughs) right? And that's where I'm going to put everything negative that happened in my day, negative self-talk. I'm going to put it in the ground. 
because the ground, you know, transmutation, you know, they, my friend, they, they, they can totally take care of that. Absolutely. And so on the other side of the ground, on the right side of the page, just below the earth line, that I put all those positive things that I know about myself, the good stuff that I feel that day. Keith, you're a good communicator. You, Keith, you can you, you can speak your mind. You're passionate. You love. You're you try to you know you aim for kindness. So all of these positive things, and they can change every day, and they neutralize those negatives really quickly. And now I want to go back up to the oh, just above the ground now. Over, above that positive stuff, you can start imagining this little fern growing up and starting to unfurl. That's you. That's, you know, this is all you, but this is what's reached going towards your goal. And now initially I put the goal, I wasn't sure where to put the goal. I was just like, oh, I'll put it in between the fern and the sun and maybe put it in the sun because I thought that's what the goal was. And then I realized that the sun, what we're reaching towards, there are values. That's core value right there. What are your values? And that's in my goal setting workshops that I'm working on right now. Um, that's just one part of it is going, okay, what are our values? So that mm. we can put our goals in between us and our values. Oh. So we need to grow in that direction. And that will keep us steady and, and allow us to grow in a, in a very productive way. Because um, as we reassess where we're going, we might realize that, oh, I was doing this thing because I was really passionate about it, but in fact, I need to set it aside. I need to be okay with some sunk costs. I need to be okay with a year of my time being put on a shelf, but it's never gone. It's I love a part the of idea us. of sunk costs. Mm -hmm. Can you so, illuminate a little bit on that? Because I don't know if that's necessarily a familiar term either. Sure. Um, so think of sunk costs as you just went out and spent three years of your life getting a degree, achieving something, um, or in my case, a year or over a year building a, a business or a product or a concept, mm -hmm. and then going, okay, I'm actually going to stop and completely switch what I'm doing. And so why that's so such a big deal is that you've put so much time, so much effort, so much of your your energy into something. Are you willing to just give it away? to just stop and go in another direction? Are you willing to spend six years getting a medical degree only to realize that you're an artist mm -hmm. and that you actually need to go away on a big artist residency yeah. and leave it all? Because so the former if, investment is the same. Exactly. Cost. You can, you can, you can just, you can just give it away. So that's the sunk cost. And, you know, being okay with having sunk costs in our lives is I think really important because otherwise we end up doing things that, we put so much into and we're not willing to stop doing right? because we put so much into it already. And we need to be willing in order to get to the right place because we're not going to get it right the first, fifth, tenth time. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking of all the things that are offered to us right away. Invest now, do this now, go for your degree now, gain a certificate for this now. And you do it because we're desperate for growth. We're desperate for achievement. And that investment is the real deal. It can be a lot for people. And to be able to kind of like let the egoic jarring nature of having something not work out, you know, to be able to put that in a bucket of sunk costs for me. Sorry, I'm harping on this. It's just really timely and really incredible for me to think about it, that the best thing for us could be to let something go. It's really hard. And anybody who's listening to this that had their parents got them into, you know, helped them get into a university or they just weren't sure. So they went for that right. general degree or, or maybe they were really specific and they were excited at 20 and got into a degree and did it. And then had this really painful point where they had to tell their parents they weren't interested in it anymore. And that, you know, this whole money thing and investment, it's, it's really hard. I had to do it with um, the wheatgrass company that I had. I ran for seven oh, really? years. And, yeah. And then in the end, I had to wind up that company and let it go. And now there were people that used my products for their health, you know, and people with, uh, you know, living with cancer and living with other, other things. And they were using wheatgrass every day. I had to train everybody how to grow their own wheatgrass in the end and leave it and know that I put a lot of effort into that business, that I grew it. And there was just a point at one time I just had to say, okay, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to allow other things to come into my life. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Yeah, so don't be afraid to do it. You can do it. We love you, Rudo and I. We love mm-hmm. you, and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Totally. So if you have that degree, just put it away. You know, you'll you'll use it in your own way. Oh my gosh! In surprising ways. I have another thought, Rudo. Been working on one little special thing, and in the background, and I want to share it because it's really important to create space in our lives. And mm. when we when we need space in our lives, we we don't even realize it. Sometimes our our minds get full and so yeah. busy. And if you think about Buddhist philosophy, or you you know, kind of look around in some old ancient wisdom, they'll hear you'll hear about um, uh, separating yourself, looking in, yes, being mindful, watching your thoughts go by like a river, right? All of this happening. I've been trying mindfulness for years, trying to get out of my head and look inside. Now I'm a person who lives with you know bouts of I would say micro depression there are dark clouds that come into my life and mm-hmm. i live a really positive life and so to be vulnerable right now and say actually there is days where i feel so down so sad that i don't even want to be here really hard things to say to my friends to you to whoever's listening hi mom i love you you know all this but there are hard days and don't get me wrong i love being here i love my life, I love my kids, but there is some wiring in some of us that can get us wired to the point where on some days, yeah, it's too hard, it's too much, overwhelmed. Now, how do I get through that? Well, I'm such a damn positive guy that I try to work through these difficult problems when I'm feeling really low. Wow. Okay, when everything is full, when everything hurts, when everything is just too much, too, too much. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do some self-reflecting here now. So I'm going to get out of my head and I'm going to look at Keith Delmar. I'm going to look at him. And it kind of looks like it's like a mirror reflection, right? Wow. So I'm looking at this poor guy. And you know what? He's overwhelmed. He, you know what he needs, Rudo? He, he needs need? cake. Chocolate oh. cake. Yes. Cause, so this is what happens. <laughs> I look at Keith. I'm like, Keith, you need cake. You know, and lots of cake. And you need to go and just chill out and eat some cake. Um, I had half of that right, the chill out part. The cake part probably didn't need it. So you <laughs> see, my, my methodology was, it was too confused. I was looking at this complex human before me, and all I could see was how you know, down he was feeling, and all I could give him was cake. This wasn't working out, okay? And caffeine, and that wasn't working out either. So how did I get out of this hole? I, saw, I, I said to myself, I said, what if, let me just get a pen and paper, and I got a pen and paper and I drew a circle, just this empty circle. And I thought, ah, this is Keith when he's calm, nothing, just empty. Mm. And, then I, and then I took the pen and I started scribbling inside all my feelings that were going on. You know, kind of, a, you know, just here and there and some dark points and some really, you know, heavy bits and some bigger color. And, and it just filled up. And I said, wow, I am not calm right now. I've got so much going on in me. So I've zoomed in on this kind of cellular version of myself where I didn't see the reflection. I didn't see Keith's face. And you know what? I didn't want to give Keith cake anymore because I drew a little piece of cake next to the little circle. And I said, do you want a cake? You know? And, and no, the answer was no. The answer wow. was let, let this person rest. Let self oh. rest. So what I call this is observing self. And someday, if it wants to be a book, maybe I could spread it out over 100 pages. But it's a simple concept. Simple concept. Circle. When you're feeling what you're feeling, put it in the circle. You don't have to do this on paper. Do it in your mind. Fill up that circle and realize that you're full. There's no room. And then what can we do to rest? So the key things for me are water, making sure there is water. I'm not pouring more caffeine into this. I'm not pouring um, cake into this Petri dish of my life. I am going to rest. I'm going to let it settle overnight, just go to sleep. I'm going to give it lots of water and, you know, speak kindness to it. And Mm. what happens is the next day, everything settles down into a calm, you know, little bliss. And I, I, I come back to my center. But where this has helped me in my everyday life is that I can check in with myself with how my circle's doing. Is it completely full? Is it, is it wobbly? 
Is it shaking with frustration and anger? Because when I'm, when I've got those vibes and I come to my child who's about to do something that I don't want them to do. And if I'm not that calm Keith or a semi version of that calm Keith, and my vibes are like wild, guess Mm -hmm. what I do to that poor little Petri dish of a Mm -hmm. child? I'm shaking (laughs) their line and then they, they respond in a whole different way. But if I come to them and I say, Hey, what you're doing right now, you know, let's try it a little bit differently or, you know, I'll try one of those good parenting things. I don't know. I always get them wrong, but I I do them, try to do them with a calm voice, even if I'm doing it wrong and that's okay. I've, I've noticed that I catch myself when I come at, I am with really intense reactionary energy and I go, hang on a minute. I need to calm down. And I like kind of step away from him a little bit and he watches me do some deep breathing. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that that teaches them self-regulation, self-soothing tactics. You know, you know, it's really, it's hilarious because I've catched myself in deeply in weird moods where I'm yelling at him to calm down. Right. You're letting it out. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I want to try something else now. (laughs) (laughs) There's this really cool thing that happened the other day where Stella, I could just see her. She was just about to snap. She's got a four-year-old brother that she has to tolerate who who kicks and prodded's and everything else. And she was Great about age. to just boil over. And I and I and I grabbed her hand and I rushed her out into the living room to the craft cupboard. I grabbed a blank piece of paper. I sat her down. She had no idea what the heck was going on. Mm. And I sat her down and I put the paper in front of her and I said, Stella, this is a, see this circle? I said, This is how I this is me. And I said, when I'm really calm, this is what the circle looks like. It's empty. I said, but when I'm feeling lots of things, this circle is going to fill up. And I said, now this circle is you. Can you take this pencil and draw what you're feeling right now in the circle? Wow. And I went away and I, and I came back and not only was the circle filled up with basically exactly what I did a couple, you know, weeks before scribbles and hard bits and zigzags and swirly bits. She, she did all that. And then she, she showed it to me. She said, dad, she said, each one of these is a different thing that I'm feeling right now. It mm. was it was huge for her because she, she really got it right away. Yeah, she got it. She just knew it. Oh, and then she showed so me brilliant. a different piece of paper. And she said, Dad, I've 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 now drew 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 a picture of each of them. And so she took it a step further where she drew out each of these things that were in her circle. It was her brother poking her. It was the kids at school trying to get under her umbrella on a rainy day and pushing and shoving and making her uncomfortable. It was, you know, other things. And it was just so cool that she was able to take it and get it out of her. Externalize yeah. it. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So it's good stuff. So observing self. Next time you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, take a step back, look at your circle. Not as you, just, you know... Zoom in or zoom out, whatever you want to feel it as, and you know what's going on in you, and that brings you to the Taoist philosophy of just this, you know, emptying out. Because if we can empty our minds, if we can live a life that isn't absolutely bubbling over with overwhelm, then we can allow things in. You know, empty the vase. There's a lot of space in there. It's not nothing. It's it's everything. It's opportunity. So really important for us to do that. And that's where I, I try to think about it, you know, try to think about it. Ha ha. There you go. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Try to not think about it. So this is wonderful thing where, um, yeah, it's complicated. But yeah, meditation helps. Breathing helps. Trying to be quiet. And for us highly visual, symbolic thinkers, the act of drawing it out, which has, I've saved my own sanity through drawing things out in that way. So I am so grateful for this new technique. I'm going to do it and, and I'm, and see if I am into it. He has a, it has a very different brain than me when it comes to uh, visual language. So I really actually want to see how he translates that. That's so exciting. That's so good. And we need to just try all these things because none of them are right. They're just something Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey. So these are just some of the things that I'm leading 2022 with on my journey to become a speaker. So I've started at work where I'll be um, next month 
hosting Lunch and Learns at nice. work. I've got a beautiful captive audience, so I can. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to practice and do some goal setting for people in the business that I work for through my day job. And then I got asked to do an MC for another night locally, and I'm going to start doing workshops outside of work. The thing that challenged me all along with becoming a speaker was the classic question of what do I talk about? Mm -hmm. When I had a wheatgrass company, I talked about health and nutrition. And then when, you know, I've been trying to do this, but not getting to the core, which is actually, I just want people to have tools Mm -hmm. that can help enable them live their passions, be passionate, be inspired beings, feel safe. And go out and kick some ass and just be themselves. Yes. And don't let anything hold you back, including last night I was writing in my journal, writing, I did a, I did a grounding sheet, but at the bottom I just diverged and started just stream of consciousness writing because you can do that. And what I realized was when I do, when I'm sharing on social media, sometimes I'll spend 80%, 80, 20 rule classic, 80% of my time thinking about how I'm going to look or how the video is going to come across or something like this. And only 20% of the time working on the actual, what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. And I'm so I'm committed to flipping that to spend 80% of the time to channel the right messages from the universe so that I can share through the filter of Keith Del Mar. And if anybody wants to listen to it, that's freaking cool. Um, (laughs) And 20% on the way it looks. Because there's just no time to waste on that stuff, even less time, to be honest. Um, it's got to sound good, as your producer will recommend, and look good. Highly yes, important. but yeah, we we can't we can't um, we can't delay on sharing who we are. So whoever you oh are, Rudo and I want to know, and um, just yeah, definitely do you right. I resonate so strongly with your message around wanting to do it for ourselves and do it for others that being so comfortable with self so and having all the tools to find those sparks fostered that I, I just resonate with that I, I just want that. to take a moment to give you some gratitude because and just I don't know just say that you're just doing such an amazing job and I look back and I look at this Spotify thing that you've done, this, this um, not Spotify, sorry, your podcast in general, I just happen to watch it on Spotify. I'm not mm-hmm. promoting Spotify in any way, Bjorn. <laughs> um, just that you've, you, you, you've set something out for yourself and you've done such a beautiful job. And one thing I, rec- I want to recognize you for is just your connections of connecting with people and so many different minds in such a beautiful way and then sharing them with others. It's been a real wonderful really wonderful to listen and to see the connections the beautiful human connections that you've made with others and i just think you're just a wonderful human being that you have that ability to just go out connect in really meaningful ways with so many people so thank you for sharing that that connection you know it's really really important that you do your work Mm, i really felt that land (laughs) (laughs) i actually received that thank you you're welcome. Human connection, super important. Self, self-realization or self-awareness, super important. How does this cascade into your methodology around goals? So I've been waiting this whole lifetime so far, 43 years, to just get up and be myself completely unafraid. Heck yeah. And it's terrifying. Yeah. And the reason it's terrifying, and I and I have the, um, I, I'm lucky enough to be able to do some coaching um, through a company called Startup Tananaki, and they bring in business people that need, you know, that are asking for some coaching support, and there's it's always two coaches on network. the call. It's very cool. And I was on a call the other day, and the person that I was talking to, they were telling me about their amazing business that they've built up. I'm not even, mm-hmm. it's just an amazing gallery. It's permacultured. It's organic. They've got a B&B. It's just so many layers of awesomeness. And during the call, I heard the words love, passion, and there was one other one around one particular idea that she had. And, and she said, but I haven't done anything with that. Oh. And so it was the one thing she hasn't done. 
And so I got to the end of the call and I said, hey, earlier you had mentioned this thing and you surrounded it with the words love and passion and important and and you're not doing it. And I said, is it because, I said, I, I've had these kind of things happen where they're so important, where that goal is so, you, you identify with it so much that what if you were to do it and it totally didn't work out? What if you were to fail, quote unquote, at it? It would be horrendous. It is your identity. It's who you identify with. And and this is, I think, the, one of the core reasons why so many people do not follow their true passions and their true inspirations is because they're too afraid that if they did it, they would do it wrong, they wouldn't do it good enough, they wouldn't do it to the to the level that they had have imagined. Instead, I encourage everyone, totally go for it. Just go for that passion. Do it in small increment, you know, incremental steps. Forgive yourself often. The world needs you to do that because the universe is channeling all of its energy at your back right now, <laughs> trying to push you to be you. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're doing too many things, it's part of that pressure is the universe just trying to push you to do you. Mm. And if you can take a step back, do some breathing, do some meditation, allow you to come through. And that's why I say, you know, when I'm getting ready for these talks and stuff, it's me just trying to say, okay, I'm going to open up. I'm going to wait for some things to come to me. And then I'm going to put a little Keith Delmar on them, put it through the filter, and I'm going to push it out. And that's the best I can do. I can't do any more than that. And so when that comes to connecting with others, it's, it's for me, it's recognizing the beautiful passions and energy of our fellow humans. And so getting out there and really looking into the eyes of your neighbors, fe feeling whatever it is that's going on for them and, and listening and saying, okay, yep, I feel you. I'm with you. Letting them do themselves and letting them know that they're in a safe place to do themselves. Even if you think they might be doing it wrong, they have no choice. They will come back to the source. You know, we're all here. We're not going to, we're going to be dirt eventually. Um, we're all made of stardust, all that good stuff. Oh yeah. Yep. So yeah, I feel like when connecting it to people and thinking just outside ourselves, that we're all on this journey and that respecting other people's journey, not judging others. These are all the classics and we need to do them all constantly. I always say like, use forgiveness like a machine gun, like go out yeah. there and just spread it as much as you can. And the only and gun you want to point yourself. at yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I was gonna, yeah that, that was not the greatest analogy. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to make mistakes. I forgive myself. But it's also like one of the things about judgment that have held me back in the past where I, I caught myself judging others. Mm -hmm. And then to get through that, because it's mm -hmm. such an easy thing to do, I started to think of everyone as my aunt and uncle. Oh, nice. And so I would see somebody... And, you know, I might catch myself starting to judge them for whatever reason. It could be the groceries in their shopping cart or whatever. And I, and I would say to myself, oh, you know, there's auntie. And I would be totally cool with just kind loving the heck out of them. Turns you into reverence. You know? That's nice. So. I'm so fascinated by the moment. I mean, this is the mark of a really good facilitator and a really good mentor is that you were listening to this woman and you spotted right away the, you know, the perceived goal that you were talking about. And then you spotted the undercurrent of another goal inside of that, that had so much potential love, so much potential energy and momentum, you know, that identification, you know, this is why we have to be in community and be connecting to people because there's no way that she would have been able to get to that without another because we have to and and then she's doing it for someone else you know it's a pay it forward process absolutely but to truly be able to see yourselves when you are in the midst of a perceived momentum like you were saying with past the hug or within with any of the other projects like i don't want it to be just about you or me but the perception or the drive we are such driven creatures and that we can 
carry inside of us a deeper passion and be saying, shush, shush you, I'm focusing on this. But that that inner love that isn't being nourished, that can be found by another who's really listening to your words, really listening to the cues. I bet her whole body language would have been really different when she was talking about that other thing as well, right? Yeah, it was. It was it's incredible. It's incredible to know that one, if you start to be mindful, you mm-hmm. can start to, you'll, you'll see where your, your, your passions lie mm-hmm. and you'll see that you're missing the mark. And that can cause mm-hmm. a lot of frustration and unhappiness. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really gratifying when someone in community is able to recognize it and hold your hand and say, actually, I believe in you. I know oh. you can do it. I oh. don't want you to not do this. You know, when I told my <laughs> wife, my beautiful wife, I said, I said, hey, I'm going to do this talking thing in 2022. I'm going to start doing talks. She shouted. She, she like jumped and like, you know, said, yeah. And my daughter, same thing. And my, my son just ran up and gave me a big hug. But, oh. um, you know, to see them react that way, these are people that have to, <laughs> have to live with me and listen to my million ideas and all the things that I babble on about. Mm-hmm. And when I said that I'm finally going to do me, they were super excited. And that for me was complete confirmation from my, my, my family that this was the right thing for me was that I needed to, to, to do, to do it. And so I guess, you know, to better answer your question is that when we're in community with others and when we recognize some beautiful parts about others, it's okay to tell others that we, we think they're amazing and that we to pull out parts we think are really great and that we would want to know more about. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. cultural things in there too, right? Like the hesitancy for Kiwis to kind of gush over or make a big deal of. But then on the other side, the tendency to not make a big deal of yourself, to be humble, you know, wonderful, wonderful attributes. Also, just knowing that there's a hype person, there's someone in your life that's going to get excited about what it is that you have to offer. You synthesize all of those. And there's a pretty good chance that someone will be able to say, I see you. I'm really excited about this. Absolutely. One thing that pops into my mind was, now this is, we're talking five years ago. Mm-hmm. I was, what was I selling? Organic tofu. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I've, you know, I've done, I've worked in the organic industry for years as well. And that was a sunk cost as well. I left the organic industry. Now I'm in a completely different profession, but I was doing a, a recipe and I got to get in front of 50 people and do this, you know, I think it was, you know, spinach, curry, had tofu. It was amazing. But when I left that night, I was so buzzing because I just felt so connected to all these people I had just spoke to in this little audience, teaching them how to make food and having fun and uh, just speaking, you know, speaking, speaking with them and connecting with them. That I went home and I realized, I thought, I thought, how do, how does, how do other people get to do this? I mean, I know I like to talk. That's my, that's one of the things that I just, that I feel like if, if I have gifts, it's going to be to be able to open my mouth. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm a mouth. Okay. Some other people are brains, you know, bronze. I'm a mouth. Um, I'm okay with that. That night when I got home, I realized that you know what I, what I want to see in my community of people, mm-hmm. I want to see people that are spreadsheet people that are numbers people mm-hmm. and they don't need to be as, you know, like get up there and be expressive. They just need to show their true selves and show what they know, show what they want to share and share it with passion. Because if you can put passion behind it, everybody in the world recognizes passion and so if you've got a lot of passion pushing you, doesn't matter what you're doing, you don't need to, you know, make the same type of YouTube videos that everybody else is making. You do you. Just make sure you just put all that stuff to the side as much as you can of how you think it's going to look or all of those blockers that we put in our way. I'm I'm preaching to myself here. And oh, yes. I hear just, that. Yeah, just you do you because we want to see the passionate spreadsheet people. And you don't have to do it loudly. You can do it quietly in a blog post. This is the <laughs> thing, you know? Um, so I'm all for passion. And however that needs to show up for somebody to to live in a way that 
they live a fulfilled life is really important to me. I want people to feel that inspiration of their lives, which I identified at four year old at four years old as love. I wanted mm. to share love with the world. Mm. I wanted people to feel love. And what I identify that as now, I still want people to feel love, but I want them to feel sparky. I want them to feel inspiration. I want them to buzz and yes. just, yeah, do that. Beautiful. Before we wrap up a little bit on this, Copa, I kind of had a curious thought pop into my head when you were talking about passion. How does that translate or how would you translate that to a stoic? To someone who believes that the middle way of, you know, no tumultuous energy really, either one way or the other, is the most healthy and balanced way to live? That's a great question. I think back about to um into Judaism in in the uh, ancient, you know, wisdom they talked about the Bainani, which is the middle person. It's also mm -hmm. it's a very stoic principle. Mm -hmm. And how does this relate? How does passion relate? I think it's the ability to have that passion and keep it in balance and have, there's, there's so much, so much that goes into being human and having it all balanced is really hard. Yes. Yeah. I feel like, okay, how about we balance passion with non-attachment? Aha. Uh -huh. Right? We do not become our our identities. They they flow through us. This is one way. It's also, you know, what are we attached to in our, you know, are we attached to being here? Are we attached completely to our what our passions are? You know, someone once said that they were working on that non-attachment to me, and I, I couldn't get it. It was really hard. Like, how can you not be attached to your kids or your something else or your home or your, you know, your family? And it's not, it sounds, it sounds bad, but in fact, non-attachment isn't not loving. It's not being not passionate. Mm -hmm. It's, it's about, you know, being water. It's about being everything. It's about being one. So me not being attached to my material possessions and going through years of slowly becoming non-attached to physical items, except my favorite microphone, which I'm holding right now. But anyways, besides that SM58 that I bought in 1998, I'm okay. Oh, wow. Now, um, we all have the things that we enjoy, but just note that like, being able to be non-attachment, we free ourselves to connect with everything. Mm. And, and so in the Stoic Principles, you know, yeah, passion, non-attachment, it's all one big ball and we need to connect to it all and we need to resource from it all mm. and we need to pull ourselves out of ourselves mm -hmm. into everything else. Mm. Yeah. I love that. There was a Ooh, cool, medita no, cool, cool meditation once somebody took me through and they said, okay, you know, quiet mind. And they said, slowly feel yourself, you know, the bubble of your energy kind of going a little bit outside of yourself and then outside of this room. And then outside of the the building, and then outside of the the city and the state, and you got, and then it got really big, and outside of the world, and then yeah. it said, okay, and now you're just a molecule in the ocean. Now take all of that, that big bubble that you just created. And now just put yourself in the ocean, and you're just one of those little bubbles, one of those little molecules, and then you're amongst it. You're you're just connected to everything. It's all good. Oh, fantastic! Oh, delicious, Keith. This has been nourishment for me. Thank you. To you might remember this, you might not. I ask questions at the end of my interviews. Yes. Uh, it's it's a new season and therefore I'm changing up my questions. So how fitting, again, is it you are the first person I ask these questions to and then yeah. now again you are the first. <laughs> <laughs> I try out my questions with the Kitama. Are you ready? I'm ready. The rain is pouring above me, so sorry to the audio engineer, Bjorn. I hear nothing. Okay, um, great. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Imagine if you could spend a day with a version of yourself, either from the past or the future. Which would you choose? That's so hard. I know, for someone That's like you. That's very <laughs> difficult. I feel like, you know, I've, I've gone back when I've been going through some tough times. I, go, I went back to my earlier self. 
And so yes. I'm just going to take it there. So I'm going to take it there. And I was going through a difficult time. <clears throat> and I, I had a doctor actually tell me, said, what happened in your past that felt this way, the way I was feeling at that time? And I said, well, I went to a talent coach when I was six years old. And the talent coach described my shape to me. She took her fingers and outlined, going down, showed a big tummy and a big, big bum. And she said, this is the way you look. And, and this was the reason I wasn't getting the job at six. I wasn't getting to be on Nickelodeon because of the way I looked. Jeez. And that made me feel so bad. What that a I shameful now thing I, to do I, to a child. Well, I carried this image with myself for my whole life this mental image that I wasn't the right shape. And there's reasons my, my shape is the way my shape is. It's structural, you know? Mm -hmm. there's, there's bones in me that they're, that's the way they are. And, but it didn't matter. So I've, I've lived my whole life having it like a, thinking of my, 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 my body image just being wrong. So why do, I, why do I tell this story? I tell this story because I, I then went out into the forest after my doctor told me this. And I sat down and I held six-year-old self mm -hmm. in my arms. And I knew at that time what it felt to hold a six-year-old because my daughter was six at the time. Oh, wow. And I held him and I, I just, I, I didn't know what to say to him because I had, I'd gone back on this before and I'd written letters to this woman and I like, you, you know, all the vocabulary I could come up with, you know, at this person. But then when I was holding six-year-old self, I said, hey, this happened. I don't think she knew what she was doing to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that she was just trying to please someone else and that I think we need to let her know how it made us feel and ask her if she'll join us in leading with kindness and no longer doing that to people. You know, you know we need to, yes, forgive her. But two, ask her to join us, okay? And so, yeah, I told this all to little six-year-old self, and boy, did it feel good. Oh, my gosh, that's so tender. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, the tenderest, tenderest parts of us. Wrap yourself in some cotton wool after sharing that story because that is super <laughs> tender. Thank you for that answer. I've done something really similar as well. Mm. It's really important to do so. Go out and pick up that little you sometime and, and yeah. hold that little you and yeah and have some time go, together because it's go important. gently with that because that is a oh yes okay. um very intense activity valuable i, I don't know intense. what kind of disclaimer we need to put here but yeah. a little bit of a disclaimer yeah, definitely go for it <laughs> <laughs> wrap yourself up in a lot of cotton after doing something like that it's brave but it's hard work mm. um second question go for it i feel like everyone has one of these Oh, buckets in their brain, random facts that we get taught or that we pick up in books through childhood, something you might've learned in school or something that you read on your own. Do you have any of these kind of <laughs> strange facts that for some reason you, you house within your memory castle? Yep. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's a, it's a fact, but it was um, one of those wonderful things that a teacher tells us, right? Or that one, mm. that one person, the things that stick. And I love those things. And um, it was it was Mr. Woods in seventh grade. He said, I'm going to teach you one thing today and you will remember this one thing and you will forget everything else I taught you. He was an English teacher. I definitely didn't learn my punctuation, but anyway. <laughs> um, and he said, I'm going to ask you to be observant. He says, be observant to the point where it's ridiculous. He says, take in everything you can around you. When you walk into a room, look at where all the windows are, where are all the doors, what's the carpet made from? What is the floor made from? What are the wall, what's on the walls? What, are every, what does everyone look like in the room? What he was teaching us how to do was to be really, really present and, and use the capacity of our brain. He said, he said, you will never overload your brain. He says, the, there's so much capacity there that you, there's no you're not going to hurt yourself, basically. <laughs> and um, and so from that point on, I've done that every day of my life. I try to be really observant. What do things look like, feel like, what's around me? And it's, it's 
it's definitely um, made my life richer and I've remembered more things and I've exercised that part of my brain. So people ask me what happened or something else and I'll be able to pick out some details that are quite ridiculously random. Now at home, I will completely forget everything. So that home is a different space and I'm sorry, Marie, but this amazingly observant (laughs) Keith self doesn't work as properly at home. home Practically asleep walking. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, I love you. Um, yeah. So sorry. Oh, I a long answer. I hope that was okay. Fantastic answer. I feel like everyone should and possibly already has had a teacher that encourages them to investigate the world that they are in that little bit further. What a fantastic thing to carry with you. It's ex- oh, that was juicy. That was delicious. I love That's it. what we go for. Oh, whoa. Oh, as we approach the end of this episode, I feel so much gratitude towards the the tender bent that this conversation has gone towards. It's been revealing. It's been incredibly nourishing and illuminating for me and hopefully the listeners out there. Oh, so much gratitude for you to spend your lunch hour with me. <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing. And I'd like to extend something to your listeners as well, that mm-hmm. I'll put a special little web page on my website, keithdelmar.com slash Rudo. And there you'll be able to find some office hours that I'll put out for your listeners that if anybody wants to hang out with me and just have a chat, I can offer that. Um, so if you want to connect, I'd oh love my to. Gosh, and so, so there's going to be some office hours and it's not necessarily a coaching session. There's other places for that. We can do that if that's what you need. Um, but yeah, I would love to just connect and talk with some people. So that's a space. Um, we're all welcome to use it. And I I'll hope, hyperlink to, to, hope that. to see you and hear you there. Oh, Keith Delmar, you are a miracle. You Thank too. you. And thanks to Bjorn for connecting us and also doing the post-production for this show. (laughs) Uh, Everyone out there, stay tuned for another episode and be sure to check out Keith and like and subscribe all of the things that he has on offer. Um, Ka kite anoa hau i a koutou.